So here's a question for you. You don't have to raise your hand, but are you someone or do you live with someone or do you know someone who sometimes when they see the wrong thing or they hear the wrong thing that all of a sudden there's a explosion, right? An explosion of reacting, of, of getting angry, of not being very godly. Um, I'll raise my hand, you don't have to. I, I, I'm guilty, I'm guilty of this. I, I, I mention that because today we're actually on the last story of David. And uh, way back I asked Nathan if I could speak on this because I really like this story. For, for, for a variety of reasons, we're going to be in 1 Samuel 25 and we're going to be going back. And this, this story has just got some great practical applications to it. And it's also great because in it is one of my, definitely one of my top five Bible women, whose name is Abigail. And you're going to find out why she's in my top five for sure. We all, on occasion, uh, have that situation where we do let our flawed human nature take the best of us. And that's been the series. David, flawed human, holy God. And uh, today we're going to be looking at a story about a fool named Nabal, a very wise, godly woman named Abigail, and David, loved by God and loved God very much, but he was human and he was flawed. And in the story we're going to talk about today, David came very, very close to making a extremely disastrous decision. And only by the grace of God, uh, seeing dire consequences not take place. So I call this story today, Abigail, David, and the Fool in the Ball. And as we get into the story, you're going to see why today I give Abigail the top billing on the title. So I'm not going to read all First Samuel. I'm just going to sort of tell it as a, as a story form to you. So we have to go back, back many years when David was still on the run. Saul was after him. And he, at this point, was hiding out with his, with his guys uh, in a place close to where this fellow N Nabal lived. He, he was kind of rich. He had like a big farm. He had lots of sheep and goats. And he was just a well-off-to-do guy. David and his men were, were hiding out in, in a place very close to where like all the people tending the sheep and the goats were. And also in this area, there was... Um, there was bandits in the area. There was bad, bad guys, and uh, they they would cause trouble. And but David and his men, they sort of like looked after these uh, shepherd people. They were like the informal uh, police 
of the area. And when they, those guys were still around, there was not any problems for the, the, the men and women tending the sheep and the goats. So during this time, it was the sheep shearing had finished. And back in those days, after the sheep shearing was finished, they were going to have a big party and celebrate. So there was, it was for all the helpers, all the people who lived lived there, lived at, at where Nabal's farm was. So, and it was for all the workers and volunteers, everything. So David, he sent 10 of his men, he said, I want you guys to go up to Nabal's house and, you know, just say, you know, we've been, you know, we've been watching over your sheep and, and goats and watching over your people and all the ladies and nothing is, nothing bad has happened. And, uh, we were wondering, and he, this is what David told him to tell, asked, he was going to ask them for some food for, for this big party. There was lots of food and drink and stuff. And so can we, can, you know, we've, we've helped you out. Can you, you know, give us something for this party? So his, his 10 guys go up there. And this guy, Nabal. Now, you got to know that Nabal's name actually meant fool. That's what his name meant. And Nabal was truly named because this man was a true fool. Maybe you know of someone this way. This guy was mean. He was ornery. He wouldn't listen to anyone. He just was, he, he was, he was a na nasty guy. So these guys come up and, and you know, nicely asked Nabal. He just takes off in a rage, and he goes, David, that criminal on the run, I won't give him or any of you guys a drop to drink or a crumb to eat. And he just yelled at him, get off my property and get out of here. So this is the way he treated him. So David's men went back and, and told him what, uh, what happened. And in this story, David went into a rage, an absolute rage. He was not in a godly frame of mind whatsoever, whatsoever. This, this, this is the worst we have ever seen David, the worst. He told his guys, and there, he had 200 or more, 300 men at least, he said, strap on your swords, guys. We're going to go back there and we're going to teach this guy a lesson. This is what he said. So in the meantime, there was a wise servant who saw what Nabal did and said to these men, just totally, totally disrespected them, just so nasty. And he goes to Abigail. Oh, Abigail, by the way, is Nabal's wife. She wasn't married to a very nice man. I think she was an arranged marriage. Anyway, she tells Abigail, Abigail, this is what has happened. This, and this, this is going to be, this is a bad situation that's going to happen when those men get back to David. Abigail, she just kicks it into high gear. She knows what needs to be done.
And uh, she, takes, she takes action. She tells the servant, get the donkeys out here. We're going to load up, and this is what it is, loaded up with bread, wine, grain, raisins, fig, fig cakes, and we had lots of generous amount of wine. And she sent those off to David, sent those donkeys off. And then Abigail, she got on her donkey, and she headed off to where David was coming with all his men ready to kill, kill in vengeance, murder. That's what he's going to do, murder. So Abigail gets to where David is, intercepts him. She gets off of her donkey, and she just prostrates herself before David. And this, I have, there's a few things I need to read you because they're so good. This is what she says in 1 Samuel 25, 24 to 31. She fell at his feet and said, I accept all blame in this matter, my Lord. Please listen to what I have to say. I know Nabal is a wicked and ill-tempered man. Please don't pay any attention to him. He is a fool, just as his name suggests. But I never even saw the young men you sent. Now, my Lord, as surely as the Lord lives, and you yourself live, since the Lord has kept you from murdering and taking vengeance into your own hands, let all your enemies and those who try to harm you be as cursed as Nabal is. And here is a present that I, your servant, have brought to you and your young men. Please forgive me if I have offended you in any way. The Lord will surely reward you with a lasting dynasty, for you are fighting the Lord's battles, and you have not done wrong throughout your entire life. Even when you are chased by those who seek to kill you, your life is safe in the care of the Lord your God, secure in his treasure pouch. But the lives of your enemies will, be, will disappear like stones shot from a sling. When the Lord has done all he promised and has made you leader of Israel, don't let this be a blemish on your record. Then your conscience won't have to bear the staggering burden of needless bloodshed and vengeance. And when the Lord has done these great things for you, please remember me, your servant. So David heard these words, and it was like he just snapped out of this stupor. He snapped out of this almost like a demonic hold on him or something. And this is, this is what he says right away. This is what David says. Praise the Lord, the God of Israel, who has sent you to meet me today. Thank God for your good sense. Bless you for keeping me from murder and from carrying out vengeance with my own hands. For I swear by the Lord, the God of Israel, who has kept me from hurting you, that if you had not hurried out to meet me, not one of Nabal's men would still be alive tomorrow morning. Then David accepted her present and told her, Return home in peace. I have heard what you said. We will not kill your husband. So Abigail, she returns home. By this time, Nabal had already started this party. And that wasn't that much time she was really gone. But he was already totally drunk. 
So she figured there's no point in trying to talk to him today. Yeah, but the next morning, when he was sober, she told him what had transpired, and he immediately fell down paralyzed, probably was a stroke, paralyzed. Totally couldn't move anything, he was paralyzed for 10 days in his bed. And after 10 days, the Bible says, Nabal was struck dead by the Lord. That was the end of him. So, what's the storyline in this message? And then let's get into a little bit of practical things. When I read this, it just so reminded me of the, of the book of Proverbs, right? Where it, the Proverbs talks about wise people and foolish people and all the ramifications of that. In this story, and the Proverbs talks about this, we see that this is important, very important. Foolish words and actions can bring about very negative consequences. We all know that, don't we? Nabal's foolish words and actions came close to bringing about the death of him, potentially every single male on his estate. You can also see that wise, godly words and actions can bring about very, bring about very highly positive consequences. Abigail is the heroine of this story by far. Her wise, God-led initiative and actions, her humble approach to David and her gentle wise words to David lead him back to godly thinking and action. David was headed down a very, very dangerous and dark path and was totally out of God's will before Abigail interceded. As I said before, this is the first time we've seen David in such a poor light. Just in the previous chapter, this is what Nathan preached about, that he was in a cave with his men and Saul came in to relieve himself and David had the chance to kill him easily. That's what his men said, kill him. David said, far be it from me to kill the Lord's anointed. It's not my place to do that. He was totally in the right mindset with God. And in the, following in the following chapter after chapter 25, we have another situation where David has another chance to go down and kill Saul in his camp. And he doesn't do it. He knows he's not supposed to do that. That's in chapter 26. He knows that it was not God's will to do that. So, What's the, good, one of the, what's the good news about this? The good news is that even though people, and quite often sometimes foolish people, and circumstances can temporarily turn wise, godly people into saying and doing very bad things, the godly and wise people who speak words of wisdom into this person headed down a wrong path can turn them back, can shake them up, can 
put a mirror before their face and, and show them what you're doing is wrong. So in this, this chapter, Abigail. Abigail is that wonderful lady that brings David back on the straight and narrow. What has she done? Well, first of all, she showed great wisdom and initiative and understanding the consequences that possibly could happen that her husband had caused and quickly developing a plan to counter it, just snapped into action. She also was very courageous when you think about it. I mean, what she did was courageous. Uh, it could have turned out not as, as good for her, but she just barreled ahead. But what she did do is she came with humility and respect. She, she came and she like, she came and bowed down to him. And, and one of the other things she did, this is interesting, she took responsibility for the whole situation, even though she had nothing to do with her stupid husband's decision. She took responsibility in this case. And the other thing she did is she asked his forgiveness. And she did all this in a way she spoke very gently to David, very, very wisely to David. Because she reminded him that he was going to be rewarded as leader of Israel with a lasting dynasty. It's like people knew about David. This Nabal fellow, he, he knew about David. He, the story had gotten out about his being anointed. Abigail knew all about this. And she knew that he was fighting the Lord's battles and that he had not done anything wrong up till this point. And she knew that she could not let him go act in needless uh, vengeance and, and bloodshed and blemish his life. What would have then been the consequences of that? I, I don't know. I don't know how that would have affected everything, but fortunately it didn't. And she finishes by, this is interesting, she says, asking David to remember her. That was wise too, because you want to jump, we'll jump to the end of the story right now real quick. After Nabal died, maybe some of you know this, David found out, and you know what he did right away? He went and asked her to marry him. He knew a good woman when he saw one, that's for sure. He did, and she accepted, she accepted. My book, none of, he had several wives, none of the other wives came close to this, this lady. This lady had it all together. So let's just talk a few minutes about some key takeaways from the story of Abigail and David. And it sort of like ties around the whole thing of Proverbs. And this is some things that came to me. Our words and actions have the power of life and death. For sure, in this story they did, didn't they? And in some ways, I know we don't think our words have the power in life and death, but maybe they do. 
Maybe they do from a, from a sense of people who don't know the Lord yet. Think about that. What else did we learn? And this comes from Proverbs also. A gentle answer deflects anger, but harsh words make tempers flare. A gentle answer deflects anger, but harsh words make tempers flare. This is a big theme in Proverbs. This is the other thing. The, lock, the Lord mocks the mocker, but is gracious to the humble. You see this in the story of Abigail and Nabal. Nabal was a mocker. I don't think he trusted God or cared about God at all. And you can see what happened to him. Here's another thing. The wise are quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to anger. That's really, that, that comes from the book of James. So what's that telling us? Don't make ra rash, hasty decisions. But we've already talked about this, this lesson. The godly person is not immune to falling into sin and foolish actions. But unlike the fool who doesn't listen to advice, a godly and wise person accepts criticism with grace and thankfulness. The godly and wise immediately repent of their sin and seek forgiveness from, from the offended and then from, from forgiveness of God. And sort of why I'm on this subject, I, there may be someone still here who's just trying to figure out this whole God thing and this, this whole Jesus thing. And you need to know that the Bible in Proverbs says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. What does this fear mean? This is more of a reverence of God. And for us, we know that all starts because we have the New Testament, we have Jesus as our Lord and Savior. We know that the New Testament teaches that all of us have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And that we all deserve separation from God. And that's why Jesus came. That's why Jesus died on the cross for us. When we put our faith in him, he forgives us our sins. So, if there's someone here that's trying to figure things out and uh, you need to know more about this, you don't, you could probably go talk to anyone, almost anyone sitting around you or standing, they'll, they'll, they'll be able to tell you better about this because I think most of us here have experienced that and have a story. So if you haven't done that, I would encourage you, or you can talk to me, or you can, you can talk to almost anyone, like I said. So, what else lessons we can learn? Be willing, be courageous and discerning and speaking to someone who is making poor, ungodly decisions. Be like Abigail, the heroine of our story. Now, I just quickly mentioned, I have my own Abigail. 
my wife. She is my Abigail, always has been. And I just pray and hope that you have an Abigail or a male version of Abigail in your life. Because some of us, like me, desperately need it. And that's what brings me to just to close is it's sort of like a mini testimony is that bringing it full circle the beginning. I have always had issues blowing up for not, not good reasons. And uh, in the olden days, so to speak, a lot of times it revolved around the kids just pushing my button. But it was other time. It was things, other other things too. Other things that I I should have never let get to me like that. That's because I just wasn't giving it over to God. I was being uh, reactionary. I wasn't, and I still struggle this. Guys, we struggle with this. Listening, we don't listen to our wives. We just don't listen. Period. And we, we are too quick to speak, way too quick to speak. Sometimes our spouse doesn't want us to solve the problem, and it's just, this is usually a guy problem. They don't want us to quickly solve it, they just want us to listen. And I've been guilty of that all my married life. I'm trying to learn, I really, want to learn and we've been way too quick to try to come up with solutions or actions or in some cases blow up just blow up being reactive rather than reflective remember that don't be reactive but be reflective reflective as in stop and think about all these things about and reflect on what God would have me to say or do, right? So th this was very, you know, so I, I find every time I get to speak, it, it's, I get the most benefit out of it of everyone. Um, I hope you get something out of it, but I, I get because God speaks to me. And uh, we were in Southern Ontario a couple of weeks ago for a week of vacation at Elaine's sister's and uh, I, uh, I'm going to be starting a, a course in the fall on the doctrine of holiness. And uh, I already got the books because I wanted to start reading and understanding. And it has to do, it has to do with holiness and sanctification from a, a Wesleyan denomination perspective. And uh, so I've been reading this and um, the, the Wesleyan Church puts a high emphasis on after you get saved, it's time to start working on getting sanctified, uh, uh, being more like Jesus. The whole, the New Testament, Paul and Peter and John, they, they, all, they, all, they all talk about the importance. Once you're saved, that's, not, that's just a start. You're on a, you're on a journey of trying to be as much like Jesus as possible, totally like Jesus. And... Uh, so I, as I was reading this, reading this, these books, um, uh, I got, you know, I, I was, 
thinking about this sermon a little bit. And it's like the Lord said, well, Randy, you're just like David, reactive, just like it. And I already, I already knew it, but it's like I really, I really took it to heart this time. And uh, I just, I said, Lord, I, I just don't want to sin. I, I want to be where you want me to be. I want to be walking in your pleasure. That's all, that's what we all really need to do. We're called to, to consecrate ourselves. That, that, what that means is we need to be willing for the Holy Spirit to move through us and change us and make us like Jesus. We have to be willing. Sometimes you have to start to be willing to be willing. Well, that, that, that other week, I just, and I, I've done this before, and you know, you try to give things over. I said, okay, I'm, I am giving it all over to you. Open up all these closed doors of my life and reveal what needs to change. And uh, yeah, this, this being reactive and slow to listen, too quick to speak, it was all part of what God was speaking to me. So, actually, you guys can come up. Team, you can come up. I forgot about you. <laughs> um, but I, I think this is, you know, we all, we all sin. And this, this is, I think this is something that many of us are guilty of, or at least many of the guys were guilty of this. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to close this in prayer, but it's sort of like short notice, but if, if this somehow resonates, like you're saying to my, you're, you're, the Holy Spirit saying to you, yeah, I, I'm guilty of this, I, I am guilty. I'm guilty of being reactionary. I'm these different things, anger. If it's if it's an issue, and you're you're brave enough to stand up, I, I will pray for you right now. But otherwise I'm just gonna pray in general for all of us. Okay. Lord, we just thank you for this message of Abigail. What a wonderful example this lady is for all of us. Lord, may we, may we all strive to be like Abigail, all these characteristics she had. And Lord, may we never ever be like Nabal. Oh God, help us never to walk foolishly. And we thank you, Lord, for this story too of of David, David, a man after your own heart, and a man that almost always loved you, almost always, and was always listening to you. And we thank you so much for the intervention that took place in his life. I, I believe you orchestrated it. You orchestrated it. Because he loved you, and he realized immediately what a terrible thing he was doing, and he repented.
God help us each when we mess up to immediately repent, ask for forgiveness from you and from others, and just wipe the slate clean. God help us to walk with a clean slate. It's hard, but if we seek you, it's possible, Holy Spirit. Thank you again, and we give you praise in Jesus' name, amen.